This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. Teal Talk Radio, Season 7, Episode 33. Season 7, Episode 33 of TL Talk Radio. I'm Lynn Funy-Hatton. And I'm Randy Ziegenfuss. Today we're speaking with Alejandro gibbis Degak, founder and CEO of Springboard Collaborative, a nonprofit focused on closing the literacy gap. Alejandro is a teacher-turned-entrepreneur. His passion for education, ignited when his family immigrated to the U.S. seeking educational opportunity, led him to the classroom. His frustration with a system disserving his students led him to found Springboard Collaborative in 2011. Alejandro has since been honored as one of the world's best emerging social innovators by Echoing Green, a leading impact investor that selected 20 startups from 3,500 global applicants. He was also named one of Forbes 30 Under 30 and recognized as one of two national recipients of the Colonial Emerging Leaders Fund. Alejandro is an alumnus of Teach for America and McKinsey and & Company, and he also holds a BA with high honors from Harvard University and an MS in Urban Ed from the University of Pennsylvania. Welcome to the podcast, Alejandro. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Great to have you from California. So looking forward to jump into this conversation. Share with us a personal story about how you became so passionate about bridging this literacy gap and specifically through a homeschool partnership. I'd be happy to. Parent engagement is the beating heart of Springboard's work. Uh, and so I always start the story with my parents. I'm half Chilean, half Puerto Rican. Uh, my dad in Chile in the 1970s wrote a play in protest of the dictator Pinochet. Libertad, Libertad is what it was called. As you can imagine, Pinochet was not a fan. Uh, so my dad became a political prisoner, uh, was tortured for a few years, uh, was luckier than many of his friends to make it out alive uh, when he was exiled to Paris, of all places. Meanwhile, in Puerto Rico, uh, my mom is the youngest of 12 siblings, uh, the first one in her family to go to college, and one of two Puerto Rican kids that got selected to win a graduate school scholarship in Paris. That was her unlikely path there. Uh, the two of them met at a theater festival, fell in love. Uh, they formed a, a group uh, of Latin Americans performing social justice theater from place to place. Uh, my sister and I kind of popped out at theater festivals along the way. Uh, family lived in Puerto Rico for a little while. And eventually, my parents made the decision to immigrate to the US uh, so that my sister and I could have better educational opportunities, uh, even though it meant giving up their own theater dreams, the kind of sacrifice that only a parent would make. I bring it all up because growing up in a home with little money, but lots of love, it, it taught me that parents' love for their children is the single greatest and the most 
underutilized natural resource in education. So I took that perspective with me to college. And when I graduated, as you mentioned, Randy, I joined Teach for America, became my best attempt at a first grade teacher in North Philly. And I was teaching in a Puerto Rican neighborhood. I, I saw myself and my students. I saw my parents and their parents. And pretty quickly, I realized the connection was deep and deeper uh, than even just our, our shared language and culture and, and experience of childhood poverty. It was the look. My students' parents looked at their kids the same way that my parents look at me, the same way that my sister looks at my nieces, the same way that I'll look at my baby girl when, when she arrives come uh, uh, late June, early July. Eyes that are full of all the love, commitment, and potential that any parent sees in their kid. And yet, I felt like my school and more broadly our system was approaching black and brown parents like my own as liabilities rather than as assets. And I knew we were missing a big opportunity. Kids usually spend 75% of their waking hours outside of the classroom. Uh, of course, in the COVID era, lots of kids are spending all of their time outside of the classroom. Uh, and I realized that if, if we don't find a way for parents and teachers to team up uh, and help kids uh, reach learning goals together, uh, giving kids access to, to learning across the continuum of home and school, if we can't do that, then it's going to be really hard to close the achievement gap, let alone the opportunity gap. So long story short, that's why I founded Springboard nine years ago now with the vision of closing the literacy gap by closing the gap between home and school. Uh, the work that we do is to coach teachers and parents to work together in order to help kids learn to read by fourth grade. So talk to us a little bit about with that background story that we just got, which is a great story. Tell us a little bit about um, the literacy gap and why it's so important for the, the homeschool connection to be part of the answer to that challenge that we face in education? Yeah, it's such a great question. And, and uh, for a, an audience of educators, uh, I don't need to preach to the choir about the importance uh, of learning to read on grade level by, by fourth grade. Uh, I think, uh, as we all understand, it's such a, a foundational skill set. Um, we, we've all seen the research about the extent to which uh, reading on grade level by fourth grade is predictive of life outcomes further down the road. Uh, a low-income student who can't read proficiently by fourth grade is 13 times more likely to, to drop out of high school. Uh, and of course, we understand the implications uh, that that has for, for a child's long-term trajectory. Uh, to bring it home with an anecdote, uh, when I was teaching, I, I had uh, two roommates uh, who were high school teachers. Uh, I was a first grade teacher. Uh, they were um, uh, a high school, uh, teaching high school juniors and seniors. Uh, and they would borrow my first grade uh, reading lesson plans uh, to use with their students because so many of their kids couldn't access any of the, the, the content. They couldn't read uh, the content uh, uh, that was expected of them as juniors and, and seniors. Uh, and so my, my roommates were having to start really at, at uh, pretty close to square one. Uh, when those kids, gonna, uh, it's almost like they were frozen in time. Uh, they, they didn't leave. Uh, elementary school with the skills that they needed. Uh, and each year uh, they fell further and further behind. Uh, the reason I think that the homeschool connection that, that you asked about uh, is such an essential part of the equation uh, is that kids spend so much time uh, outside of the, the classroom. If you picture a, a child's time as an orange, their classroom experience is a relatively small wedge. They're, they're with a teacher for about 25% of their waking hours. Uh, and for the rest of that time, uh, uh, they're with uh, other caring adults in, in their lives, uh, including and especially their, their families. Uh, 
if we don't find a way to, to uh, as a teacher, it often felt like uh, I was trying with all my might to squeeze as much juice as I could from that that little wedge that that I had. Uh, but pretty quickly, it became apparent that it, if I don't find a way uh, to partner with families to to bridge kind of the the gap between home and school uh, and to juice the rest of the orange. Uh, then how are we going to uh, cover as much ground uh, as um, uh, uh, students in other communities? Uh, so that really kind of was the, the realization and, and the research it backs it up as well. Uh, research that's 15 years old now uh, mm -hmm. demonstrates that parent involvement in children's learning is a more powerful predictor of academic success than other variables, including level of parental education, including socioeconomic status. Um, that really is the, the strongest predictor we have uh, of children's life outcomes, uh, which makes it so important uh, for parents and teachers to, to be working side by side as teammates with the common goal of student learning. That's been true for a very long time, uh, but I think the pandemic is uh, what made it painfully uh, apparent. Uh, as schools began to close across the country, uh, I think our, our education sector has had something of an awakening, realizing that when it comes to educating kids, there's no going around parents. You have to work with them. You have to work through them uh, in order to ensure that kids learn across that full continuum including school, uh, as well as the time they spend at home. So you mentioned our, our challenges here with COVID over the last, you know, little over a year, 14 months or so. Yeah. What have you learned about the literacy gap and the importance of these um, partnerships, especially in these disrupted, you know, what we're calling here in, in Pennsylvania instructional models? Yeah, it's, it's a, a critical time to be asking that question. Um, uh, first off, we know the, the stakes are high. Uh, the research has been clear about the extent to which uh, COVID learning loss uh, is having a disproportionate impact uh, within marginalized communities, and, and it may take kids a lifetime uh, uh, to recover uh, from the, the setback during school closures. Uh, so that much is clear. We also know that, that families, despite the many challenges that they're facing, uh, are rising to the occasion uh, alongside teachers uh, who have been rising to the occasion. Uh, at Springboard, we've seen that the parents are, are supporting their, their children's learning at home uh, at higher rates than before the, the pandemic. On average, parents are, are reading with their kids for 26 minutes a night, uh, and these are families uh, within Title I schools, the families of uh, the kids who are furthest behind grade level expectations, some of the very families who, who have borne the brunt uh, of the, the pandemic and, and its many challenges that, that the pandemic lobbed their way. Uh, and yet they're, they're stepping up to ensure that, that their kids continue to, to learn uh, in the face of these enormous challenges. Uh, an organization called Learning Heroes that, that does a lot of research uh, and oversamples low-income families and parents of color uh, they found recently that parents are more worried about their children's learning than even their ability to pay the bills. Uh, and parents' biggest unmet need is personalized guidance to support learning at home. They want to help. They're putting in the time. Uh, that same survey found that parents are averaging two and a half hours a day uh, of trying to support their, their children's learning. Uh, however, they don't have a heck of a lot of guidance to know Am I doing it right? Uh, am I making good use uh, of those hours that, that I'm putting in every day trying to support my child's learning? Will it ever end? Uh, it, and so there's a need, I think, because the stakes are high uh, and because families are, are stepping up to the plate alongside teachers 
There's a need to find ways for parents and teachers to work together, to align their efforts rather than kind of working in parallel. We need to ensure that they're able to work in tandem. And frankly, we need to make it uh, sustainable and, and winnable uh, so that uh, they can get more done together than uh, either parents or teachers are able to get done independently. So one of the things that you've worked on to address this challenge is the Family Educator Learning Accelerators. So talk to us about that and how that's uh, designed to address this gap that we've been talking about. Yeah, I mean, that that is, uh, uh, from having done this work for, for a decade, that is our, our learning uh, around how you help parents and teachers to, to team up uh, in order for children to reach learning goals. Uh, it's the method that drives impact within our, our programs. Uh, and they have these six sequential steps uh, that any educator and any family anywhere can follow uh, in order to accelerate students' learning. Uh, none of them are going to be uh, uh, complicated or, or rocket science, which is the, the beauty of it. We, we really mean for it to be uh, uh, something that schools can, can um, internalize and, and operationalize uh, uh, in order to, to support student learning. Uh, so the very first step uh, of six is to build a team. Uh, if you don't have trust between an educator and, and the families they're working with, you don't get too far. Uh, in the before times, uh, pre-pandemic, uh, we uh, would support teachers in doing home visits uh, with each of the, the uh, families they were working with as a way uh, to build that, that trust and form a team. Uh, during the pandemic, uh, instead, we've been doing team building huddles between an educator uh, and the, the families they're working with. And typically, it's a group uh, of up to 15 families, so not necessarily everyone in the, the classroom, but really the, the kids uh, that you're most worried about and that you most want to give a, a boost to. Uh, so you form the team at the outset. In step two, Educators and families need to share uh, the same understanding of where a child is in their learning. They need to be looking at that same baseline data uh, in order to be able to set a goal together. And that's step three. Uh, and importantly, we've learned that goal has to be achievable within a five to 10 week window. So this isn't like a super long-term goal. This is meant to be achievable in a short time frame. Any shorter than five weeks, it's not quite long enough to lead to a, a lasting habit. Any longer than 10 weeks and the finish line is so far away that it, it's just not motivating. Uh, parents and teachers, that they need to see the light at the end of the tunnel in order to want to march through that tunnel together. Uh, frankly, I think that's been one of the challenges of, of distance learning is that you never know uh, when the tunnel is going to end. You, you can't see the, the, the finish line and, uh, and therefore it's really hard uh, to stay motivated throughout the, the process. Uh, so you set your goal in step three and step four, practice, practice, practice. So over that five to 10 week stretch of time, uh, kids need to practice with their educators, uh, whether that educator is a teacher of record, a paraprofessional, a tutor, or a pre-service teacher, whomever's in the role of educator, whether that instruction is happening in person or virtually, whether they're using Springboard's literacy curriculum or, or their own, uh, we all know that there needs to be instruction between an educator and, and uh, children directly. Kids also need to practice with their families at home. This is the the force multiplier that, that, that amplifies the impact of what the educator can do on their own. Uh, and Springboard has an app that guides, that guides that daily interaction so that even a parent that may not be a reader themselves can still be a confident teacher of reading. Uh, and we ask parents to, to coach their kids in reading for at least 15 minutes a day. Uh, as I mentioned before, families have actually been averaging 26 minutes a day uh, of supporting their child's reading at home. And then finally, the whole team has to practice together. The families and educators need to get together 
at least four times over the course of that five to 10 week stretch, whether it's an in-person workshop, whether it's a virtual workshop, uh, that's what creates the, the skill sharing uh, and mutual accountability between educators and families. Finally, uh, uh, or almost at the end, step five, at the end of all that practice time, uh, educators need to measure students learning. Uh, how did they do relative to their goal? Uh, and the very last step, uh, step six, is to celebrate together. Punctuating the experience with a quick win is what leads to longer lasting habits, both for educators for whom the light bulb goes off, parents are the co-teachers I never quite realized that I had, uh, and you don't put that mindset back in the box, you carry that with you in an ongoing way. Uh, and then for the families who have the experience of setting and achieving a goal with their child, uh, and many parents we work with tell us they're having that experience for the first time, it's a powerful one. Uh, so even six months after one of the relatively short cycles is over, parents are still reading with their kids at home every bit as much, every bit as often. The last thing that I'll share about the FILA method is that uh, we recommend to our school partners uh, that they do this three times over the course uh, of uh, a calendar year. Typically a shorter cycle during the summer, uh, a five week cycle to prevent uh, uh, summer learning loss uh, and replace it with the reading gain. So kids start the year uh, really with a, a running start. Uh, a 10 week cycle in, in the fall, once teachers have identified who are the kids uh, that I really wanna give a, an a extra support to, uh, the kids who most need a boost. And then finally, a, another 10 week cycle in the spring uh, as a way to, to sprint through the finish of the academic year. So we have the FALA method, and we also have the Springboard software. How give us uh, give us an example or tell us a story about how those two have been merging together to to address the literacy gap and engage, engaging parents. Yeah, technology is an, an, an interesting um, uh, a tool that we've been leveraging. Uh, so. We exist to, to build uh, uh, school communities' capacity uh, to use the FILA method to drive student outcomes. Uh, and we want uh, to build so much internal capacity that, that schools become less and less dependent on Springboard over time, uh, and they're able to use that method more and more independently. Uh, so when we first got started, like so many nonprofits, we had kind of an intensive uh, uh, in-person direct service program model where we would come in uh, to a school community, we would train teachers directly to, to uh, build this new habit uh, around how to partner with parents in service of student learning. Uh, that work has been great. Uh, it, it's incredibly high impact. Kids average a, a three to four month reading gain during each five to 10 week uh, uh, learning accelerator, closing the gap to grade level performance by a little bit more than half. Uh, and the way we're able to do that with the very same educators with whom kids have been struggling in the classroom is by mobilizing parents in a big way. We get 91% of parents on average to attend the weekly workshop, learn how to be a one-on-one -on -one reading coach for their kids at home uh, and build habits that, that uh, last uh, uh, the test of time. So that's the intensive work that, that we've done through our, our in-person programs where technology, it, it's a tool, uh, but it's not the focus uh, of that, that work. Uh, the challenge is that it's hard to scale uh, a model uh, like that. It, it makes a heck of a lot of impact uh, for the lucky few uh, that get to participate. However, there's 10 million low-income pre-K through third graders in the country who aren't getting the foundational literacy skills to have a fair shot. Uh, uh, and a, uh, such an intensive program model is never going to be able to reach, uh, 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 it's never going to be able to solve the problem at the scale at which it exists. Uh, so two years ago, we, we challenged ourselves uh, by setting a goal that was deliberately unachievable uh, with our intensive in-person program model 
in order to force Springboard to innovate and find a way to scale our impact uh, exponentially. Uh, so over the course of the last two years, we launched uh, a franchising model. It's a, a train the trainer model. We played the game of Jenga to remove cost and complexity from the, the original program model while still keeping the structure and the impact uh, intact uh, and built uh, uh, a train the trainer model that, that schools can use more independently, more affordably. Uh, uh, basically, we give them the playbook, we provide some coaching, uh, but the schools are functionally running programs uh, on their own. As we think about uh, the future uh, of the work that we're doing, technology plays a, a more and more essential role. The current version of the app, uh, this is a long-winded way of responding to your question, but I promise we're, we're getting somewhere. Uh, the current version of the app uh, is, is a parent-facing tool that provides daily reading tips so families, uh, when they sit down with their kid for those 15 plus minutes, they know how to make the, the most of that time, the kinds of questions that they'll ask before, during, and after reading uh, to be an effective coach for their, their child. Uh, that is a helpful tool within the context of a program. However, what works about the FILA method uh, is not only what the family is doing at home, it's the collaboration between the educator and the family. It's the teamwork. One and one is three when parents and teachers are, are working together. Uh, so as we continue to build on that app, uh, we're focused on adding a teacher portal uh, so that on the same platform, families and educators can work together and follow all six steps uh, of the FILA. As we continue to build the tech, that'll make it possible for any teacher and any family anywhere uh, to be guided through the, the FILA method so they can use it on their own, whether or not they're formally participating in a, a springboard program. So that, that's our vision uh, of how to support educators uh, uh, across the country in using the FILA method far beyond the, the inherent limitations uh, of scaling a program. So thanks so much for sharing that and talking to us a little bit about a little bit more about Springboard and the connection there. Um, I can certainly relate to a lot of what you said as a as a former teacher. I, I love the statement that um, parents are the co-teachers we never knew we had. Right, like when we think about parents in that way and and as partners, um, as opposed to you know parents maybe are sometimes difficult or challenging or you know, maybe not as engaged as, as yeah. we would like, or, um, you know, overwhelmed with our other responsibilities. Uh, no judgment, just it is what it is, right? And when we think about it through that lens, it does, you know, open up the mindset a little bit. Yeah, and it, it, it creates a multiplier on, on your efforts. Uh, uh, when I was in the classroom, one of the, the biggest challenges I felt was that I, I I've got, I had 32 uh, kids in front of me, each of them uh, with a lot of kids, uh, each of them uh, with very unique uh, learning needs. Uh, and even when I got to a place where, where I understood how to individually support every child, I couldn't multiply myself to, to deliver that support that I so desperately wanted to. Uh, even on a good classroom management day, I'd have a, a, a small group of five uh, in front of me. I, I rarely, if ever, had one-on-one -on -one, uh, opportunities to, uh, to support kids individually. Uh, and I got that when I started working with families. Parents are the only people in the equation that, that have access to one-on-one -on -one time with their children. They're willing and able to put in the work because they, they love their kids. And so many of the families we work with learned the hard way, uh, just how important it is for their child to have a better educational experience than, than they did. 
So if you build the relationship at the front end and, and you set a, a, an achievable short-term goal together, uh, then the teachers are able to, to share their instructional expertise and the families are able to use that on a daily basis to provide the individual support that, that teachers wish that they could in, in the classroom setting. For every hour that a teacher does a family workshop, parents deliver 25 hours of tutoring at home. And that just unlocks a world of instructional time that, that, that no teacher has uh, in the classroom on their own. Well, thanks for sharing that perspective. And before we invite you to share what's next for you, we have a couple of uh, lightning round rapid response questions here. And the purpose of these questions is really just to get some more resources for our listeners who maybe were interested in this topic um, or you've piqued curiosity, so they want to go and learn some more. So first question, who's one expert our listeners should connect with to learn more about addressing the literacy gap? Uh, the person that comes to mind for me uh, is Ralph Smith, uh, who's the, the CEO of the Campaign for Grade Level Reading. Um, uh, I don't know anyone who's, who's got his level of, of expertise, who's, who's thought longer or, or, or harder uh, about the challenge uh, of ensuring kids across the country are reading on grade level by, by third grade. Um, uh, and I think uh, he's also incredibly intentional uh, about uh, the ways in which educators and families can can work together as part of that larger national effort. All right, next question. If you were if you were recommending one book to our listeners, what would that book be? Uh, so the first book that, that comes to, that came to my mind uh, has nothing to do with uh, uh, education. Uh, uh, it's the birth partner. I, I'm reading it uh, because my wife is eight months pregnant, and uh, and I, I'd like to be a good partner to her. So if you too find yourself in a, a position where where you are soon to become a parent, uh, check out the birth partner. It's been it's been a good one. Uh, of more relevance to the conversation uh, that we're having, uh, there's actually a book called The Leadership Pipeline. Uh, if, if you uh, are uh, thinking about kind of building, uh, uh, bringing your idea to fruition, uh, uh, the idea that you've kind of been sitting on for a while uh, uh, that you think could make education uh, uh, more effective, um, that book in particular is the, the latest one on my nightstand that, that I found incredibly helpful to anyone who's building an organization. All right, excellent. And the last question, what online site resource or person do you learn from regularly? Uh, here, I'm going to name Yoli Flores. Uh, she's uh, uh, a person. Uh, she uh, recently uh, departed uh, from the campaign or is in the process of departing from the campaign uh, for grade level reading. Uh, uh, and she's uh, uh, leading the charge on uh, work around family engagement in particular. Um, she's a, a thought leader uh, in the family engagement space and, and someone who uh, has really great insights in that regard. All right. Thanks so much. We'll add those to, to the show notes. And congratulations on becoming a parent. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. I'm looking forward to it. Trying to stock up on sleep. <laughs> Great. Well, and thank you very much for being here. But before we let you go, uh, what are you working on now that you'd like to share with our audience? What's coming up? Yeah, so many things. Uh, but the one that I'll, I'll share um, uh is we're, we're building a parent-facing literacy assessment. Uh, there ought to be a way for any parent anywhere uh, to have a line of sight uh, into their children's reading development. Uh, and that doesn't exist yet. Uh, there's research from Learning Heroes that finds that 93% of parents think their kid is reading on grade level, uh, when of course we know that only about a third of kids actually are reading on grade level. Uh, so families are, are in the dark. Uh, if they may not even realize that the, their kids are falling behind. 
then they can't possibly be the the vociferous advocates that that they want to be uh, on behalf of their their children's education. Uh, I don't think that changes uh, unless you put assessment directly in the hands of parents. Uh, so that's what we're doing, and, and the bet that we're making is, is that if we if we do it right, we'll unleash a, a groundswell of parent advocacy uh, that can flip the power dynamic in, in school systems uh, so that school systems uh, will demonstrate the same kind of accountability to black and brown parents uh, as they've demonstrated to, to whiter and, and wealthier parents in, in other communities. Uh, and we want it to be a tool that brings educators and families together. Uh, we, we don't want it to be a wedge. Uh, what we wanna see uh, is parents having a conversation with a teacher. Here's what I'm seeing about my child's reading at home. What are you seeing about my child's reading in the classroom? Can we get on the same page and set a goal together uh, and have that immediately dovetail into a family educator learning accelerator together? Um, that's something that I'm really excited about that I think will have big implications for the education sector as a whole. All right, well, thank you so much. Uh, love, love your vivid and graphic language too. You really make it uh, um, interesting to listen to your ideas and the metaphors are very thoughtful. So thanks for sharing those. I appreciate that. Thanks for being with us today, Alejandro. And for our listeners, you can learn more about Alejandro's work in the show notes. And for now, each episode, we leave you with a question to think about with the idea of provoking reflection and conversation. This episode's question, how can we build stronger partnerships between home and school to improve student literacy? If you've enjoyed this episode, would like to comment or check out the resources shared today, visit the show notes at tealtalkradio.org and look for season seven, episode 33. That's all for this episode. We'll be back next week with another conversation featuring other innovative thought leaders. Thanks again, Alejandro. Bye-bye. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.